0: How's everybody this morning? Yeah. Y'all looking good, my goodness. Got an extra hour of sleep, y'all like, We used to call it duck butter. No more duck butter in your eyes. I don't know why they called it that, but... So good to see you. I'm excited about church this morning. I've been praying this week, my goodness. Just, uh... uh just, it, it's an interesting topic this morning that I want to talk to you about. I think it's important... I think it's valuable, and sometimes I think it might be the most important. It seems like every time I get up here, it's like, oh, man, this is the most important sermon ever. It's like almost every time, so I'm just going to tell you, this is the most important sermon ever. So good to see you. Um, The title of my message is Fearing God in Our OMG Culture. OMG, in case you're not. Hip stands for Oh My God. And I think it's important we understand what the fear of God really is because the culture that we live in has infiltrated into the church more than the church culture has infiltrated into the world. It's kind of a problem if you're in the church. And I think with God from his perspective we've got to pay attention to what God's saying and it's like when we speak does he smile or when we speak does he go He oh, just don't get it down there. He just don't get it. I mean it's important that we see God's expression whenever he thinks about us because we know he loves us, right? I mean, we know, I mean, he already proved that. And so because of that, it, it, it drives us, the love of God drives us to a place of respect and a place of honor in a culture where dishonor sometimes becomes the mode of the day. Sometimes our kids can be dishonoring and sometimes parents get dishonoring of the kids. So it's important that we understand the most important thing is to honor God because if we honor God, it's gonna help us be honoring in all of our other relationships. If that makes sense. The Bible says this. It says, from the abundance of the heart, what's full? what the heart is full of, the mouth speaks. What we have in our heart Always comes out of our mouth. Have you ever said, "When if you ever said, oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you husbands and wives, don't be le- using that against your husband or your wife when they say something wrong. But just pray for them and love them like God loves you when you say something wrong. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, it's an interesting verse. It says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So what does that look like today? What does it look like to take God? I would submit to you that it looks the same as it did When it was written in the Old Testament, using the name of God in vain didn't change with the culture. Just because we changed doesn't mean that God changed. And I'm so thankful for that because, like, he doesn't, he's not wishy washy, he's not moved by the waves of the sea. Believe it or not, ABC, I didn't know this when I got this sermon together because I'm like, we got to say something. But ABC News came out with an article on OMG. Can you believe that? He said, OMG has a number of meanings ranging from excitement to disbelief for a vast number of American teens, and I would say, and adults, It has replaced the exclamation mark. Rachel Edelman, a 15-year-old girl, put it this way. She says, you don't think that you're saying, oh, my God. You're just thinking, oh, like it's a surprise. OMG, it's nothing to be thought about. Lexi Levin, an 18-year-old, said this. She describes herself as an avid OMG text user and she thinks using omg is a long way from oh my god like it's a long way <laughs> my dad years ago he said uh does anybody remember they used to have uh a, a beverage called near beer but it, <laughs> it didn't have no alcohol in it but it was called near beer my dad said this he said whoever called it near beer was a poor judge of distance (laughs) i would say that lexi right here she's she's got a poor judge of distance distance because she said it's a long way from oh my god (laughs) to her it's akin to golly gee or gosh That's kind of how I think about it, she said. I don't know if that's a fair way to think about it, but it's it's how I make myself feel better. Julian Snyder, 14, agrees. If you say something like, oh, my God, then you're using his name in vain. But if you're saying something like, OMG, it's not really using the Lord's name in vain because you're not saying, oh, my God. It's more like, Wow, really. So for hundreds of years, people have found ways to avoid using the Lord's name in vain. Isn't it something how we come up with a lot of different words instead of saying God, we substitute that with a lot of different words, Words like golly or gosh, both dating back to the 1700s, they served as euphemisms for God. It is a Jewish tradition to write G-D to show respect. In other words, the name of God was so respectful that the Jews would not even write the, the complete name of God. Exclamation. Like, oh my God and Jesus Christ were rarely used in polite conversation and drew rebuke when they were. But that's all changed in recent decades and art, art, what man, art when people define art today it's like a broad spectrum is imitating life. The Parents Television Council reports that in 2007, the most recent year for which they have data, 95.9% of users, 95.9% of users, uses of the word God on Prime Network television were in vain. You can't hardly listen to any program today without them cussing and damning God. And uh, I was at a roping a couple days ago. And somebody said, I'll be damned. And I thought, yeah, probably will. (laughs) Sunday school. They had a Sunday school, and they were teaching about God's created that God created everything, including human beings. And a little boy named Johnny seemed especially intent when they told him how Eve was created from one of Adam's ribs. Later in the week, his mother noticed him lying down as though he were ill. And she said, Johnny, what's the matter? And Johnny said, I have a pain in my side. and I'm afraid I'm gonna have a wife. Johnny didn't understand. (laughs) Johnny didn't get it. I think there's a lot of stuff about this. We don't understand how awesome God is and how wonderful he is to us. Using God's name in vain is more than a language problem. It's more than a fear problem. It's more than just a cultural problem. I, I, I think it's more of a heart problem. And I, I, I'm cautious here. You know why I'm cautious here? Because I know some of y'all are OMG people. So what I'll say to you is, listen, I don't have a dog in a fight, but God does. And to honor him, I would just challenge you to think about what we're preaching about and this awesome respect for God because it does say that we're supposed to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That means that that we got to pay attention to what we do as individuals, not just what the preacher preaches to you about, but you got to buy into it yourself. If you buy into it, then, and you know God's in it, then something has to be actually done about it. So I believe that many people Misunderstand when we talk about the fear of the Lord. Uh, unlike, unlike worldly fear that creates alarm and anxiety, godly fear is a source of, listen to me, godly fear is a source of peace, assurance, and confidence. Does anybody need more peace, assurance, and confidence? I do. And if we have peace, assurance, and confidence, if we fear God and it brings peace, assurance, and it brings confidence to us no matter what we're doing, why wouldn't we jump into this thing called fearing the Lord? Stay with me. Don't leave me now. Don't leave me now. The Hebrew word translated into awe in the Bible is, I can't say, year they 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 use a kind of a little deep. Oh, that's what that's how they say it, but it's different than the I say it because I'm a cowboy. But year all means it translates into fear, like the fear of the Lord. But it can also mean listen to this: respect, reverence, and worship. But make no mistake about it: year all is strongly connected to trembling. I'm going back to the, to the Hebrew here, and, and it's like, oh, you mean we have to be scared? Of God? Listen, our world doesn't need any more of the kind of fear we had during the COVID thing. Amen. Because really, fear was more of an illness. My, from my perspective, fear was more of an illness than the actual COVID And the fear, even though the COVID has subsided, the fear hasn't left our world yet. Everywhere you go in the world, people are afraid. And that's not what I'm preaching about right now. God doesn't want us to live in fear. He doesn't want us to be afraid of what can happen to the body. He says says they can kill the body, but they can't kill the soul. In other words, we put so much emphasis on what happens in this body that we forget to maintain and to develop what's really going on on the inside of us because man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart and to fear the Lord will bring respect, honor and confidence to us and my goodness, if the church ever needed some of that, we need it now. Yeah. From what we've been taught, the fear of God sounds more like an enemy than a friend fearing God. Oh, oh. Surely this is something that we're trying to get away from, something that we, we're trying to get rid of. In many circles, we have replaced fear. In the church today, we've replaced fear with grace and mercy. The fear of the Lord is as important as the grace and the mercy of God. But too many times with grace and mercy, it's just like, we just want to get around in a circle and sing, Ooh, by y'all, my lord we've got to have a, 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 a awesome respect for God for his name and let our mouth and our heart and our mind buy into the fact of how awesome god really is now bring respect to us fear sounds more like a being afraid sounds more like a dysfunction than a sign of spiritual health. We know perfect love, the scripture says, casts out all fear. And it's talking about the, the fear that's in this world and the fear of what's going to happen to us. When, But loving God casts out that kind of fear, but the respectful fear God wants us to have, and he doesn't want us to get confused with it. When I was a young boy... My dad roped calves and he would we would go to a uh uh some people that they put on they had a bunch of calves there and they'd go practice roping calves and, and I remember going with my dad and there was a man there that uh I'm not gonna say his name, but he uh anytime something went wrong, like if he missed his calf or something, he would just go to whipping on his horse. I mean and uh, I remember thinking as a boy, I remember seeing that. And I'm like, it was, a, it was a black horse. And I was just like, man, I feel so sorry for that horse. Because every time this guy, he, I mean, he was, he was really good at whipping him. I mean, really good. One day he roped a calf and he, and he stepped off, but he missed the calf. And he inadvertently stepped in the loop of the rope. And it spooked the horse because the horse is scared anyway. And he starts making laps with Ron, ropping around. Nobody's doing anything. <laughs> my dad, my dad gets his knife out, he runs down there, he cuts the rope. There is a wh- old horse trader there. His name is Archie Anderson, sold a lot of horses. And he come dad comes back and I was standing there with him. I remember Archie looked over at my dad and he said, why'd you do that? And dad's like, what? He says, why'd you cut that rope? He's like, well, I thought he he was going to kill him. He said, listen, that's the first time that horse ever had a chance to get even with him and you messed it up. (laughs) In the church world, in many circles, there's been that kind of fear of God and let me tell you something that's not the kind of fear I'm preaching about because that 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 when you're afraid of God or when you're afraid of what's going to happen to you that's not that's not from God he doesn't want you because first of all it won't last if if you're afraid of God you're not going to serve him for very long anyway cuz it's just not going to work out but when you have an awesome respect and a holy fear for God, that fear will help you to live for God. I, I remember when I was in church, it was like you had to get saved every week and you had to come down and I probably bawled buckets of tears on the altar because I thought I was going to hell every week. That's not what I'm talking about. We don't have to live in that kind of fear. But there's a holy fear that the church today has gotten away from. And the result of that is an OMG culture and an OMG society that when we say the name of God, it's no big deal. Let me tell you something. When you say God's name, you get the attention of God no matter how and what context you use it in. He's paying attention to you because you're his child and you say his name. That's good preaching. So the Bible presents the fear of God as a friend, a friend who will do us a great deal of good, not someone to be afraid of. In Jeremiah 32 39, it puts it this way. This is so important. He says, I will give them one heart and one way, that they may fear me forever. For their, listen listen to this part, that they will fear me forever for their own good. It's a good thing. And for the good of their children after them. So the fear of the Lord is for our own good. There's a respectful fear that is good for us, but it's also good for the generations that follow us. God is speaking to his own people, people who, who are in a covenant relationship with him. When we had communion, what we were doing, we were re- renewing that covenant relationship with God. And the reason, uh, and, and Brad read those scriptures, he says, when we drink, eat or drink unworthily, we eat and drink damnation unto ourselves. What does that mean? Or judgment unto ourselves, what does that mean? That means that, that we don't come into that covenant we come flippantly or we just, it's no big deal and we're just going through the motions. My goodness, we've got to understand this is important things to get it right. Every time I take communion, I, I pray that God would purify me in my heart and my mind, my body and my soul because I live in the same world y'all do and we all need to be purified as we walk through life. It's, and it's not about being perfect. It's like Brad, it's not about being perfect. It's about being available and having an awesome respect for God and for his name. So, he said here, he said, "My people will fear me. If they don't fear me, it will mean trouble for the next generation." Did you know that our kids inherit generational sins? <laughs> It's really up to us to break those generational curses that come. So many times they tell us that that alcoholic parents produce alcoholic kids. And and, uh, uh, angry fathers produce angry sons. Uh, Divorced parents produce kids that grow up and get divorced again. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. You cannot do anything about your past, but you can do something about today and about your future. And it may be up to you to change a generational curse that was on your family. Because this is where the fear of God comes in. The fear of God gives you tools to overcome things in your life that you know should not be there. anybody need some help with that? <laughs> I right, do. My name's Randy Weaver. I need a lot of help. So God is saying about fearing Him that this will be for their own good and for the good of their children, and this will be a forever blessing. There will never be a time on earth or in heaven when God's people will not fear him in holy wonder and reverence and awe. There will never be a time. Uh, did you, have you ever wondered why God won't let sinners that just like, people that they're just like, they don't want to have nothing to do with God. They don't want to accept him as their personal savior. Do you know why they can't go to heaven? what would it be like in heaven if there was people up there GDing around and just disrespecting God and and it wouldn't be heaven, would it? So, I mean, it's important for us. Like, I've I've been to a lot of funerals and and people get up and talk about these people that that died and I'm like, who in the world are they talking about? Because I knew that guy and he wasn't anything like that. You with me? God knows. And we've kind of lied to ourselves in a way about what we think is okay. And so we're just like, OMG around. It's okay. Maybe it's not okay. Maybe it's a flippant problem that we've accepted into our lives of not really having an awesome respect for God. Again, about our heart in Psalm 130 it says but with you there is forgiveness that that you may be feared with God there is forgiveness that we may fear him aren't you thankful for God's forgiveness like right now if you're like I wish I wouldn't have come to church this morning <laughs> he's stepping on my toes there's forgiveness we have forgiveness God has forgiveness Jesus said this. I love this too. This is for those people who are just like, you're like, man, this is tough. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Wouldn't that bring respect and honor for Jesus that, that he cared enough for us, that he gave his life on Calvary so that we could have eternal life when our sins could be forgiven? What a gift. That's love. That's the love of God. So the fear of God is birthed out of our knowledge of the grace, mercy, the love, and forgiveness that leads a person to receive it to fear the Lord. So we see the love of God and how much it costs on the cross, and we say, how could I sin against this love? A guy named John Brown put it this way, the fear of God is to love him so that his frown would be your greatest dread and his smile would be your greatest delight. It's important for us to be able to perceive and to see the face of God. Every once in a while, I just, I just like, I wonder what God's thinking about this. And I pray and I ask God, Lord, show me, show me what you think about this. Give me wisdom with this and help me to understand what's going on in my world today. What's going on in the church world? What's going on in, in this, in this nation? First Peter 2, verse 17, it says, honor all people. Y'all may not like this too good. He said, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. Or the president. Yeah, y'all stop now. Stop. Y'all just stop. <laughs> So here's, here's, here, here's the context of, of, of what Peter said in 1 Peter. The context, which is important. Back in that day, Peter knew that loyal Christians suffered from the abuse of cruel Roman practices. Christians were put to death back in that day because of their belief in Jesus. He told them to e- expect suffering Suffering might endure so that others could see the Lord's power to help Christians endure after all God was building a spiritual house inside of us with the living stones We seldom if ever hear this perspective in our omg culture And I would just say this that if you don't like people You don't feel like the people in office today. We live in a democratic society where you can vote and you can have a say, and, and it's going to happen Tuesday. Don't forget. We have to honor him. We have to respect him. God's got a place for us. 1 Peter 4, 11 says this. It says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. When you speak, are you speaking like what God would speak? If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Your ability determines your destiny. What you have been born for. The gift that God has put in you. And a lot of times the reason we buy into this culture that we live in is because we don't really know our own purpose. We don't understand why we were created. We don't know what gifts we have. I would just want to say to everybody here in this room today, you have a gift. And the gift that God has given you is the gift that you will never be fulfilled unless you fulfill what God has gifted you to do. And so, so what happens is too many times we follow our passion instead of our gift. Because too many times the things that we're good at, they come so easy for us. We don't think they're important. But the things that we're passionate about for a case important. When I when I team rope, I'm not a very good healer. I'm really not. And but I'm a I can head pretty good. I don't hardly ever miss heading. But I miss too much healing. But you know what I'm passionate about? Healing. I love to heal. I mean, like, man, run them in there, I'll heal. But I'm not that good at it. What I'm really good at is heading. You hear you hear what I'm saying? There's some things in your life that God's put in you that you're really good at. And if you can use that and you can glorify him and you can bring this this awesome gift that God put in you and use that gift for him and for his kingdom, complete fulfillment will come in your life. The reason that too many Christians are so frustrated is because they've never asked God what they are gifted to do and then begin to walk in it and move in that direction. And I just want to challenge you today because the fear of God will bring wisdom to you. The Bible says this, it says, the fear of the Lord, the kind of fear I'm talking about is the beginning of wisdom. You'll have that wisdom in your life. When you get this fear business, this awesome respect, and this holy honor for God, when you get it right, then all of a sudden things are going to make a difference and you're going to... Your thinking will be completely... completely godly. So... our omg culture we we really are awash with reality shows where people invoke the name of god to express their surprise when the reveal comes at the end you know you watch the hg tv whatever it is they 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 reform this house and then they have the big reveal and almost every time they're like oh my god oh my god and god's going yeah what 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 We just need to know that we're talking to God. So, I'm going to give you three quick things to help you apply this to your life. First of all, it's a blessing to, to, to fear God. Uh, Proverbs 28 14, blessed is the one who fears the Lord always. <laughs> uh, fearing the Lord gives you wisdom. Psalm 111 10 Fearing the Lord will keep you from sin. Anybody need some help keeping you from sin? Go ahead and raise your hand. My name's Randy. I need help. Some of y'all raising both hands. That's that's more Christian. (laughs) Fearing the Lord will motivate you to evangelism. In other words, when you fear the Lord, You can't help but say something about God to somebody because you're so excited about serving him because he loved you in the middle of your stuff and he stayed with you when things were terribly bad and he didn't leave you, he didn't forsake you because you feared him even though there was problems in your life because he stayed with you. And then you just can't help it. Oh, I gotta tell somebody. It just helps. So if we feared God more, you know what would happen? We would sin less. The third thing is the prayer. Uh, fearing God, Psalm 86 11, it says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Teach me your ways. Fear will make you so humble that you will be teachable, that God will actually be able to speak to you. One of the things I think it's important to understand is that the fear of God will always respond in worship. The fear of God will always respond with worship. Worship is something that you can, you can always gauge your fear of the Lord by your willingness or unwillingness to worship. We call when we're when everybody's up there playing the guitars and playing the drums and everything, and Johnny's playing We call that worship. But let me tell you something. We're not, we're not really getting that right. Worship is what you do on Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Worship is it's an attitude that you walk through life with. I don't want anybody in this room or anybody watching online. To walk away thinking that I'm just not good enough there's a place for you humble people are teachable people and God wants us to be humble I might get in trouble for this next statement I'm fixing to say because it's probably gonna make somebody mad <laughs> as though I haven't already done that <laughs> in our culture today there is a doctrine that makes this statement it says once saved always saved you've heard it before once saved always saved i'm going to push back on once saved always saved now listen to me i don't believe that you can lose your salvation like we lose our truck keys Oh, I lost my salvation no Bible says that when we sin if we sin when we sin that we have an advocate with the Father in other words when we're born again and we've received Christ as our personal Savior when we sin that there's an advocate that Jesus is praying for us that Jesus is going to help us but when we get to the point where we just turn our back on the Holy Spirit and we turn our back on God and say, I don't want to have nothing to do with you and we cuss God and I'm done with that I we're in dangerous territory. Now I'm going to go a step further. I believe that that doctrine of once saved, always saved, has really messed up a lot of people in their relationship with God because they believe that they can live any way they wanna live and still go to heaven. Well, I got my church membership in my hip pocket. I came down the aisle and I accepted Jesus and I got this and I that. And then they go out and live any way they want. Let me tell you something. When I'm talking about the fear of God, I'm talking about paying attention to our life and what God has called us to do. And this relationship is about our relationship with Him. And it's not something like like if if, if I if if I was uh, if I when I walked down the aisle with Darla and I I made my vows to her and I committed my life to her to be her to be her husband. If I just, if I was just like, well, honey, you go do whatever you want to. I'm going to go do whatever I want to. I'll see you later. And uh, maybe at the end of our lives, we'll just run into each other again. How do you think that would have worked out? There's no, it's a covenant thing with our spouse. And so what we do, it says the two shall become one flesh. And the Bible also says that we are the bride of Christ. That this is a covenant relationship with God. And the fear of God is not something to be afraid of, but it's something to embrace because it brings power and structure in a world where structure is not popular at all today. Nobody wants to submit to the word of God. We We all want... Mercy and grace and kumbaya, but God wants us to have a holy, awesome respect for Him. And when you walk out of these doors today, please understand that your future is not, has nothing to do with me. Your future has nothing to do with your spouse. Your future has nothing to do with your mama or your daddy. Your future has to do with you as an individual saying, as for me, I am going to serve the Lord and I'm going to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to go to him in prayer when I have issues or problems in my life because I have an awesome respect for God. I know that he has an awesome respect for me and he loved me so much that he gave his life. When they dropped that cross in the ground and it jolted in the ground when Jesus hung on the cross, he said, I love you and I respect you enough that I will die for you. But I'm going to tell you something. God is not asking you to die for him. He's asking you to live for him this morning and have an awesome respect for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your purpose that you've provided for us. I thank you that you have given us direction today. I thank you, Lord, that that as we navigate our salvation and as we navigate our relationship with you, that you would, Holy Spirit, we give you permission. Everybody say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. I give you permission to deal with me, to speak to me, to give me your word. I surrender my will for your will. I love you. Help me to honor you. Help me to respect you because you are worthy. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, maybe if you have and you just haven't been living for him, I'm going to tell you something. The, the word that I want to want you to get real clear is that Jesus still really loves you and Jesus really cares for you. If you've never accepted him as your savior, the Bible says that that we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. But he said if you want to make heaven your home, if you want a relationship with God, that you must be born again. What does that mean? That means that you must be born of the spirit. You're already born of the flesh. The again part is being born of the spirit. And if you've never accepted Christ, or maybe if you, have, you just haven't been living for him, You need to do that simply by raising your hand and say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. I want to put a Bible in it. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Anybody? Yep, thank you, partner. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible in it, please. Anybody else? It's the greatest gift known to mankind. It's the greatest gift. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, partner. If you raise your hand, would you mind looking up, partner? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? I'd be honored to pray with you. I'm proud of you, buddy. Give me your name. What is it? Jonathan. Jonathan. Man, I'm proud of you, buddy. So here's what it says. It says, if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, that we'll be saved. So what I want to do, I want to help you pray. Can I do that? So just repeat after me, but you got to believe in your heart because Jesus is, is, he's the only one that overcame death. That's that's why we serve him because none of them other guys made it out of the grave, but Jesus did. And so, I mean, we're going to go with that, okay? All right, Jonathan, just let me pray with you. Y'all pray with us too. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sins. For my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. I invite you into my life. From this day forward. From this day forward. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible. Help me to read my Bible. To pray. To pray. Show you show up for church. Show up for church. And get baptized. Get baptized. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God, you, God. Amen. Let's look back. Hey, let me go back. let me tell you something. That right there? You see what he got on there? It says faith. It Jeremiah 29:11. Jeremiah 29:11. Yeah. You got all kinds of stuff God, on Christ there, don't got you? There's so much stuff in my life. Yeah. Good for you. Hey, listen, don't look back. This is, this. put your faith in God and don't look back. This is a journey. Doesn't mean you gotta be perfect. Don't get discouraged along the way. Wherever you go and whatever you do, remember, serving God is worth it. You do that? I love you, buddy. I bless you. Go visit with this guy for just a second. Thank you, buddy. You stand with me, please. We got our prayer team up here. If anybody needs special prayer for anything, love to have you. So, this whole week has been—I've been, been like—it's been inside of me just marinating on this this respect for God. How many? How many would just say? Just be real honest and say, you know what? I need more respect and more honor for God. Raise your hand, and let's. Just, I just want to pray for you. Raise both hands if you feel like you ought to. Uh, Lord, you see our hands. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work in our hearts. I thank you, Lord, for your patience with us. I thank you, Lord, for your perseverance with us. Lord, help us, Lord, to to see you in a new light, oh God, understanding that the the fear and the respect will keep us from uh, living a life that doesn't have purpose. Help us to be faithful, Lord, in everything we do. Bless Jonathan. Thank you for all you do for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you.